Hello and welcome to episode 153 of NCP. My name is David, and we move for this episode. We have Crystal. Hello. <laughs> you always sound surprised when I introduce you. It's like, oh, am I really here? I, I, I just think after all this time, I'm still not used to be being introduced first. I keep waiting for you to say Richo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God Richo's not here. I actually got instead Bo. Yeah, she's only she's only surprised in the episodes I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> No Richo here. How you doing, Yumbo? Pretty good. How's it going? How's it going over down under? It's going uh, quite nicely down under. It's uh, a bit of sunshine today. Actually, got some sun. Thank God. It's disappearing as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say we should play the temperature game. Like, was it uh, was it really cold there? Or was it really hot there? It is cold. It's really hot here today. If it's hot, if it's hot there, it's cold here, and vice versa. <laughs> I got Please. the hang of it finally. He got you finally figured it out. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh shit, they noticed me. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm gone, bastard. For this episode, we have weather reports, reviews, round six of Clash of Champions season three, and Azerothian times. Weather reports. Yeah. Wasn't that just a weather report then? Yeah, that's what we just did then. That was my <laughs> pathetic attempt at comedy that nobody laughed. So I just, I just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's one of the rules. You're not supposed to talk about weather, but yeah. I think I think it supersedes the rules if you're on two separate parts of the world. You know? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally with you. We should, it's weather, religion, and politics. So let's get it all out of the way now, right? We've got we've already talked about the weather, politics. Donald Trump is an idiot, um, <laughs> and uh, religion. Religion. Yeah. I'm not, you know you're I'm, not a serious candidate for president if all the news about you shows up in the entertainment section instead of the politics section. <laughs> oh, that's so on the nose. That's so true. And, and you never, act, I never mention when you accidentally activate Siri during a podcast. Yeah, I like, I like you just like hit it underneath a cushion. <laughs> Poor Siri. I was trying to trying to muffle the noise. Uh, but uh, we also also for this episode we've got a uh, also a new segment. It's a new segment for for the bow episodes. It's uh, Crystal's fact or foe. The, the promised return. Very cool. Very exciting. It's the first time Bo's going to do one. Let's see how well he does. He beats me. I'll be here. I think I'm going to win. I think I'm going to really good at these. All right. Really well, good. let's see how that goes. But uh, so yeah. So but first we're going to start off with some news. Uh, I've got on the running sheet here news slash discussion. Um, it's, it's just there's just this one one item and then it means something to me, so I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, on the website Kotaku, uh, which is a sort of gaming slash pop culture website, uh, they released they've done an article called "Inside EB Games When the Dream Job Becomes a Nightmare," which is quite dramatic. <laughs> Which I of course immediately clicked on. Um, Katuku, yeah. it, it's it's a pretty well known fact that uh, one of the guys from Katuku, uh, I won't mention his name, but uh, he's not an EB fan. You know, it's it's a it's a wild. Like, I, I don't know what it's like in in the states. But hopefully, Bo can enlighten us. But uh, in Australia, EB is derided for their you know ridiculously high prices, and it's you know they haven't got a very good reputation. And I can talk about that firsthand because I used to work there. There, I mean, in the area that I live in, they've all but like taken over the the video game market. I mean, there's mm. no mom and pop gaming stores. It's it's all EB. Well, we used to have some. We had three or four that were kind of like locally owned uh, game stores, and they all turned into EB. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they're just buying them up or, or what. And it may not be that way everywhere. 
but um, no, well, that's, that's, that's the way it works. That's the way it is everywhere. Um, they first started life as um, Electronics Boutique, and mm, they just they dropped that um, name pretty quickly and just went with the initials. Well, they dropped it quickly here. Um, they started when they first came here to AB. So when I first started working there, they were actually Electronics Boutique, and then they changed. I was there for the name transition to AB Games, um, and then they either got bought up by GameStop. They collaborate with GameStop. I don't know, something, something to that effect. So all the GameStops become EB Games, which is why it looks like they're everywhere. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. One Part of the criticism is uh, is their habit of sort of drowning out everybody else. So, you know, all the mum and pop stores are, you know, quickly eliminated um, yeah. in, in Australia and America. But anyway, so this article, um, this article is very interesting for me because uh, it has three main points. And... One of them I can't really, I can't really discuss because uh, I'm not, involved, no, I wasn't involved. But so the three main points are um, a young lady has talked about how you know misogynistic work in there is, um, and it even went got so far as to say that she was then she was you know sexually harassed by one of the people uh, her manager or her assistant manager, um, and that he has in fact raped her. Um, so obviously we can't discuss that. I don't know any of the facts. I don't know her. I don't know him. And you know it's it's a matter for the courts. I mean. It's, the only and, you know, and what does that have to do with EB Games? Yeah, it's nothing to do anywhere. Nothing to do with EB Games. It's, it's, it's you know, it, it's it was actually kind of pointless having it in the article. It's just some. I'm I'm, I'm very of, of two minds about this article, but yeah. So it was, it was really it was it was purely for um, you know sensationalism. And quite frankly, if she thinks if she believes that she was raped, then she should go to the police. Um, oh yeah, so, that yeah. guy, that manager's the villain of the story. Like he's a bad guy, but yeah. that has nothing to do with. EV games as a whole, you know, that could happen at McDonald's. Probably does happen at McDonald's. Oh, it happens everywhere. It's uh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, we feel for her, and if she should go to the police straight away. Um, the second the second uh, topic that they brought up was uh, the. So yeah. So this, this second point they sort of brought up was the hours, so um, unpaid hours for their casuals and stuff. Now I'll come back to that. Uh, and the third point was um, that uh, a couple of staff from one of the stores in Sydney um, were racially and uh, verbally abused by one of the area managers. And the article even mentions the area manager by name. And the reason they could get away with that is because a couple of months earlier, uh, a very similar, almost some of the worst word for word uh, article was actually was in an actual proper news outlet, uh, the, the Herald, um, about this very same person, where they also name the person. So um, they're, 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 they're safe to get away with it. Uh, they're not going to be accused of slander because uh, these these staff members have gone so far as to actually create a stat deck. Um, I don't know what the American equivalent of that would be, but a statutory declaration here is a you sign, you write out your story and then you sign it, you co-sign it with a person in authority and it's a legally binding document. So if it turns out that you lied in your stat deck, you can in fact be thrown in jail so um it's interesting your use of the term proper newspaper but we'll save that discussion for another day i'm not a fan of katuku and i'm not ashamed to say it no no, i'm just saying that the the, the difference between um newspapers and online newspapers and blogging it's all the, the spheres all blurring these days and um what's considered proper journalism in a proper newspaper is sometimes not even as well researched as something a blogger would do. You know what? Yeah. You are completely right. And yeah, absolutely. I definitely want to discuss this at some point. Yeah. 100%. That's a brilliant point. 
Um, but not for this. I'll, I'll rephrase. No, yeah, I'll, I'll rephrase. No, you, you, you're totally 100% right. Um, I'll, I'll rephrase. It's not a proper newspaper. It is a more established newspaper. Yeah. More. There you go. Is that, is that better? Yeah. But yeah, no, you, you're totally right. And, and please note that down because I want to write that at some point. Uh, I want to talk about that, 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 that the whole journalism thing. Anyway, so um, yeah, so and it, now. Actually, I don't know this person. I mean, I, 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 mean, I worked at EB many moons ago. Uh, it was funny, in the comment section, they, they had about 100 people jump in with their code numbers. Like, every time you make a sale, you need to type in your code number. Um, and yeah. it's, a, it's a five-digit number, and I, it's, you know, very similar to other jobs. And um, people were in the comments were like, it was like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I was 14XXX. They don't get their full number, obviously. Um, and it's like, well, I beat you. I was 13XXX, and sort of went that, sort of that way. <laughs> Um, and nobody got to the tens, funnily enough, which is what I was. So I, I, I worked. Um, you so know, you beat them all. Yeah, I beat, I beat them all. God damn it! Um, and uh, <laughs> and so I was. I was Before pretty... it was sexist. I was, in the... <laughs> <laughs> I was the original flavor. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I worked there for for a, a number of years. Quite a like it's like it's got to be like ten years ago, surely by now. Um, but uh, yeah, so my number was was ten xxx. Thank you, awesome. Uh, I was and I was actually a manager um, at uh, one of the stores. Uh, so the point that I wanted to, to sort of more elaborate was the hours business. Oh no, sorry, sorry. So just to clarify, just to finish off the point three thing. Um, I don't know this guy. So this guy's obviously uh, come into the into the um, the company after me. Um, now some of the things he's been accused of doing, I just flat out don't believe it not because I know the person and he, you know, he wouldn't do such a thing because I have no idea. It's just uh, a couple of things he's been accused of is that he would, he'd grab, he'd storm into the store and if he didn't like a display, he'd throw all the stock to the floor and say, do it again, you bastards and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, I don't believe that particularly because EB would not put up with someone damaging their stock. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, if there were empty cases and stuff, yeah, maybe, um, but if it was like actual proper stock, then there's just no way that happened. I can assure you he would have been fired for damaging property or at least made to pay for it. Um, the the verbal abuse and all that sort of stuff, yeah, I wasn't there. I can't say, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, but anyway, like I said, I don't know the guy. I don't know the situation. I can't really comment on it. The only thing I can sort of comment about on this article is that is the second point they brought up, which was the hours. And that is 100% true. So their point is that basically shaft casuals on their hours because the whole the whole sort of idea of working as, as this as the title of this article says is, is that working at eb is a dream job for some people you don't need a lot of skills it's something you can do straight out of school um you can uh it's you, i mean you are basically skill you basically get the skills on the job itself so really all you need to do is just know about your, your topic which is in this case is in games and um be able to talk to people and so it's and the fact that you actually you're working in an environment that where you're surrounded by the things that you love, so games, and they've, they've sort of branched out a lot more since I was there. So it's you know a lot of merchandise and you know all that sort of stuff. So it's it's you know it can it does and and I saw I saw this firsthand when I first started there myself. It was it was like it wasn't just a you know, I, I need a job. It was like holy crap, I'm working in a game store. This is brilliant. I'm surrounded by brilliant people. It was like it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. Going to work was fun. I loved the people that I worked with most of the time, and you know, it was just we do stuff outside of work, and you know, it was just it was just a really fun environment, and that's the sort of thing that they they definitely do well. EB 
in, in terms of the actual people that you work with in store, they go out of their way to make sure that you have fun while you're there. Um, so yeah. don't, nobody can fault that. And then that's, and that's awesome. Um, when my time that I was there, I just, I loved my crew. They were like my family. Uh, I, and I would do anything for them. And we spent, we spent time outside of time, outside of work. And I actually still know some of them today. And, you know, it was just, and you know, they're friends for life. And it's, and this article does mention that sort of stuff. The, uh, the flip side of that though, is that, um, casuals, are treated as expendable commodities and it's so true uh i mean as i had uh, speaking perfectly from experience uh, as a manager i had a stack of people waiting for the opportunity for a job there like i had people practically beg me for jobs and again not because just because they just needed a job but just also because they wanted to work at eb and um i never used this line is according to this article uh one of the managers actually said to this guy you're you're expendable. I could have another person hired in five minutes if you if you quit. So if you don't like it, get the hell out. And even though I personally would never use that line because I'm not an arsehole, it's it's true. Unfortunately, it is true. I mean, as if any that it when I actually had one of my guys quit, um, not in a horrible way. None of my people quit because it was horrible. Um, I'm happy to very happy to say that. It's just you know they just moved on to other things. You know they finished uni, whatever the case may be. So and I had another person hired the next day. And it's just, yeah. and it wasn't hard to do that. I mean, I actually had to knock people back. It was just getting ridiculous, and and I can only assume it's gotten you know even better. The way hours work at EB is that you, uh, the manager is assigned. The, the manager is is full time uh, salary, uh, but the casuals, you, the the store itself is assigned X amount of hours, and you have to, and that is based on your performance the week before in sales. So, um, and apparently this is the way it still works now. Um, and it's, it's actually, that's not a bad system. I actually didn't, I, I, the only times I really sort of got annoyed with it is when they actually then sort of, you know, tried to pull shifties and which I'll get to in a second. So, um, so you get, so you do X amount of, uh, sales and, you know, KPI type stuff. You get X amount of hours for the next following week and you then have to divvy that up and enable to, to enable to, for you to run the store. Um, and a lot of the times, it wasn't. It, it, from what I'm reading, it wasn't quite as bad for when I was there. Um, it's, but it's gotten quite worse now. So a lot of the times, it was a juggling game. I mean, you. I mean, uh, you, I, I loved my staff, and I wanted to give them as many hours as I could possibly give them. And just sometimes I just couldn't do that because I didn't have the hours to give. And then I would have to fill in those hours myself. Um, now it's during normal business hours, that wasn't really a big deal. But then they had things like the sales. So when I was there, they introduced this concept of the sale, which is when they put all plastic all over the goddamn store. The whole thing just becomes just plastic and boxes and it's just, and every single piece of merchandise has to be out on the shelves and it has to be stacked a certain way and all sorts of stuff. It was just an absolute nightmare. Um, and it was the bane of my existence. And to get that done, you weren't able, you weren't, you didn't. They would never had enough hours to actually get the store prepared in order to get that um, get that happening, and, and then then run the sale itself because it was always you know lots and lots of people, and so that was the that was the only time that it really kind of chafed. Is it because I will the I mean my my guys would have to work for free essentially, and and the way that the the way that it sort of works in the culture is that they volunteer to work. You never you would never actually say, hey, can you do an extra hour? totally gratis <laughs> it's like it was never it was never really up front and so and so the, and some for what i'm reading from this article and from people that i've spoken to it's gotten far far worse like i would actually 
wait, try wait a second wait a second wait a second what how did this work they would they would uh you would work and like not clock in yeah so they would clock so they would do their three hour shift or whatever clock off and then stay behind for another couple of hours why is that well Back, so back when I was working there, um, that didn't really happen all that often. They might st- they might stick around. Um, I mean, the, the only time they ever really stuck around and weren't paid for were if they wanted to do um, like a midnight launch or something like that. Um, yeah. And I would never, I never forced any of them to do so. It would always be me at the at the midnight launch. And there wasn't that many midnight launches back when I was there. Um, but uh, and somebody else who you know wanted to be there because you know because it was you know I tried to make it as fun as I possibly could and I'd always buy them dinner and all that sort of stuff. So, but during the actual during normal business hours, I didn't really have to worry about that. I always had. I mean, our store did quite well, so I didn't really have to worry about the, the hours sort of thing that, all that much. It wasn't that that wasn't that big of a stress for me. Um, for what I'm reading from this article, though, it's just gotten it's gotten far far worse. Like the the fun of the job and wanting to be with the people that you loved. People are staying behind and doing like extra, like five hour shifts and stuff. It's like doing whole extra shifts and then not being paid for it. And it's just, that's just unacceptable. I mean, it's against the law to start with. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's illegal. That's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, and, and EB can, can not, can sort of, can sort of step away from it by saying, well, we never asked them to stay behind. We didn't stay behind. They, they did it voluntarily. And from, and from what, from what I'm reading, even the article doesn't go so far as to say, well, you have to do extra. Uh, this extra shift, but the but the article is basically saying that to the, that the managers very heavily influence you know psychologically psychological welfare. It's kind of like well, if you don't if you don't do the extra hour unpaid hours, then you won't get actual shifts, real paid shifts the next week, sort of stuff. And if that is actually true, then and I have no doubt that it is. That is a disgrace and is quite frankly against the law and has to be fixed. So, but uh, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. That's crazy. Yeah. I so, yeah, so I mean, if you don't, I mean, if you don't mind me saying, you you work in a, a retail environment. I think we've mentioned that many times before. So, I yeah, mean, very very similar. Matter of fact, like three of my employees came from EB Games. Like, very. I, I don't like saying the, the name, but I don't care if people figure it out based on what I say. Yeah. But very very similar to EB Games. Um, there's definitely a crossover of employment. Um, very similar cultures. You know. Mm. Um, you know, one of our mottos is like, you know, have fun. You know, I can't say the rest of the motto. Yeah. <laughs> People just Google it. But like, like, you know, that's that's definitely part of our culture where I work. Um, but dude, a it's it's uh, they are very strict on like, uh, you know, they have a huge HR department. You're very you're very closely watched on on uh, what you can say to employees. As a manager, you're more likely to get fired than than as an hourly employee. Mm. Uh, but um. And, and working off the clock, they will automatically fire you. Even if you came in and you said, hey, I want to work, you know, the rest of this week and I'm not going to clock in and we're just, I just want to see the numbers do good and, and so I'm willing to do this, like, they would they would fire you. You wouldn't be allowed to do that. And I can't, I just can't imagine, based on a company as big as EB, I can't imagine that they they wouldn't have a similar similar policy. And yeah. It's just crazy. Well, you hit the nail on the head, actually, because part part of the, the point of this article is that, uh, I mean, going back to the uh, the young lady and the rape allegation, um, they actually, EB doesn't have a set-up HR department like you would, you and I would understand it. Like, it's, so... They don't have the HR department that you that you have. That what, apparently, what they have, and this didn't even exist when I was there. When I when I was there, there was no HR department. You had 
you basically had to just sort of go up the chain. If you had a problem with a, a fellow casual, you complained to me. If you had a problem with me, you complained to the area manager. If you had a problem with the area manager, you complained to the, the top echelon. And nothing would happen. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, if they complained to me, obviously I would do something. But if they complained to the area manager, depending on who the area manager was, and there's good or bad eggs, but it's, it's, you know, it's the way it is in every company. You know, then you know, depending on what was said and who you said it to, something may or you know may happen. But very, very rarely would anything like that happen. And they don't now. They have something uh, called the hotline. Um, I don't know the full facts because I wasn't there. I wasn't wasn't there when I was there. But apparently, there's like a third party that you call if you have a grievance. You call them, and then they're meant to do a report and give it to the upper AB management. But from what I'm reading and from what I'm hearing from other people, it's basically treated as a joke. It's like it's like oh, I'll dub you into the hotline and you know laugh you know, laugh laugh snigger snigger and and nobody cares. So you know I can't I, mean, I can't say I haven't seen it in action, but everything I'm hearing I'm hearing things I'm hearing from people I trust that that it's. The whole thing's a shambles, and and you're right. It's it's, it's and even a, a Australian law uh, is you, you can't work for free. It's you know it's ridiculous. So yeah. it's, it's you know so if they are being pressured, then that's a pretty major situation. And like I said at the start, they signed a stat deck saying that's what the case is. So they're either lying, you know, and getting going to get in trouble themselves, or they're telling the truth. And if they're telling the truth, that's pretty harsh. Pretty, yeah, pretty damning. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, so let's move on to the reviews. I've decided that my reviews are a little bit too in depth, and since I've got three reviews that I'm doing all on my own, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to breeze through them as quickly as I possibly can. All right. Review number one: Ant Man. Two looks. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Not that quick. <laughs> it's t- and it's more than two leaks. Jeez. Uh, all right, Ant Man's the latest movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It- uh, is it part of Phase 3? I don't know, whatever. But it occurs after the events of Age of Ultron, because they reference it at certain points. Uh, it deals with Scott Lang. Uh, he's recruited by Hank Pym, who is the creator of the Ant-Man suit, and what is the the Pym particles, which can uh, shrink a person down without doing them any harms. Uh, while they're shrunk down, they, still, they have their equivalent strength. In fact, I think they're actually even slightly stronger than they were, so... Um, so it's uh, and they're faster and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. At first you're like, who gives a crap? But uh, when you see it in action, it's actually pretty cool. Uh, but pe- is it? But is it a man with the powers of an ant, or is it an ant the powers of the man? No, it's 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 a man with the powers of the ant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's it had it was it had a bit of controversy because uh, the original director Edgar Wright uh, left the project uh, about halfway halfway through. Uh, you know, supposedly friendly terms, but let's face it, you know, no one leaves a project on friendly terms, uh, a Marvel project. So it was, it was obviously a creative differences. Um, and then uh, the new director jumped on, and I've forgotten his name, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and you know, it's it's hard to tell what exactly was Edgar's stuff and what's this new guy's stuff, um, except for I think the final fight. I think was pretty much. Pretty much pure Edgar Wright, but uh, and is you know some of the one of the best bits in the film. But um, so Scott is uh, is an ex-con, uh, but he's not a violent criminal. He's a he's a crim- his crime was a uh, uh, very white hat sort of stuff. He basically uh, robbed from he basically uh, his boss was robbing from from people, so he stole all the money back and gave it all back to the people. And uh, so electronic espionage uh, and uh, chucked in prison. Um, while in prison, he meets uh, his friend. 
then when he gets out of prison, they sort of they they uh, try to he tries to go straight, and uh, but he wants um, custody. Oh, he wants at least visitation rights to his daughter Cassie, who he loves very much, and um, and his his ex wife is not a horrible person. It's actually the the mum from Jurassic World. Uh, so she's not horrible, but she just says, you know, well, you need you need a job, <laughs> you need a place to live, you know, you need to be a respectable person, you know, and we'll give well, it a go. She's the she's the girl from Arrested Development. The uh, oh yes, I will be at Senior Tadpoles, and oh yes, there will be a margarita in my mouth. That girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Uh, so uh, she's also well, she's also for for Big Bang Theory fan. She's also the. Uh, the quite promiscuous scientist friend that comes to sleep over oh, and, right. <laughs> and uh, then goes all that role play stuff. So she's quite good. She's quite a good actress. I like her. Uh, anyway, so it's not, it's, 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 it's not, it's not the heel there. Um, so yeah, so he, uh, he, 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 get, he does get a job at Baskin and Robbins, uh, which is some shameless, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Product, product placement, price, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous, but it is it is quite funny. Um, and then, so because that doesn't work out, he decides to uh, go back for, to to life of crime. Uh, he gets, uh, yeah, like I said, he gets recruited by Hank in another yet funny scene where he's like, "I, I promise, I give up my life of crime. I'm going to go straight. You know, I promise not to steal anymore." And he says, "What is it that you want me to do, Hank?" And Hank's like, "Well, I want you to steal stuff." <laughs> so, which is pretty cool. That leads to that, of course. Then leads to uh, the uh, the obligatory Avengers scene. So the, where this, the building he has to steal the item from is meant to be an abandoned warehouse, but it has since since Age of Ultron been converted to the new Avengers base. Uh, it is actually the same base, and so he goes to uh, infiltrate it, and uh, he meets the Falcon. Has a, the obligatory superhero on superhero uh, fight, which is pretty cool. I like the Falcon, big fan, um, and. Uh, then uh, leads to the main bad guy, Yellow Jacket. Uh, Yellow Jacket is um, the protege of Hank and uh, is desperately trying to uh, recreate Hank's formula. Hank refuses to give the formula to anybody because it's it's dangerous. Um, I won't give the reasons why uh, he thinks that because it's a bit of a major spoiler alert. But um, so uh, Cross uh, is the is the name of the guy who he's trying to recreate, and he eventually does recreate it, um, but. He's a bit whacked. He's a bit whacked in the head. He becomes Yellow Jacket, and you have the obligatory once again hero on super super villain fight. Yellow Jacket, as in like a wasp. Yeah, so he's meant to be look like a wasp. Yeah, he actually looks awesome. He does look. He looks lock, a lot cooler than the Yellow Jacket in the comics. Um, now, it's, I just I do want to the the fight scene is is hilarious. It is uh, most of it's in the trailer itself. Um, so yeah, quite a lot of it's in the trailer. So, uh, but it is it's a, a pure pure comedy gold. Uh, they're fighting, shrunk down. They're fighting on a Thomas the Tank Engine hmm. train set, um, and you know, so Scott's throwing pieces of the train at him and stuff, and and uh, because they're shrunk, obviously they're, they're you know they're quite dangerous and stuff. And they see where you know, you know <laughs> the the villain in front of the track is like no, it hits you, and then it cuts back to you know real size, and the things sort of topple off and stuff. It's hilarious. No, so that size in um, Superman, hundreds of lives would be saved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really. so true. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's uh, that's the basic plot. I don't want to give anything else away. It is hilarious. I highly recommend it. it is it's. Uh, he's uh, Scott's friend. Um, is comedy gold. It's just it's just, it's it's just pure escape escapism fun that you know Marvel does uh, so well when they actually really try. Like I mean, Ant Man is just hilarious. It doesn't happen very often, but I actually 
I, I laughed to see there was tears coming out of my eyes. Especially the Stanley cameo is is one of his best. It's it's, it's brilliant stuff. So check it out. Um, oh yeah, I give it a four out of five. Easy. It does have you that know, sort of that typical Marvel, you know, formula. So you got to get past that. Sorry. You know what I think I've noticed is, and, and I was talking about this on the last episode I was on about how I feel. I feel like they're just throwing movies out now because just because they know they're going to get my money. Yeah. Um, I think I've started to notice that um, the movies that they don't, that they're not sure if the audience is going to have a connection to, they do better on. So like the first Avengers movie, Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, the movies where they're like, people may dig this, they may not. They they seem to turn out better than like Avengers 2, Iron Man 2, uh, you know, where they're like, well, Anytime they make a decision, it's almost like they're like, well, they're going to go see it. Like, they're going to buy tickets, you know? Hmm. And I, I don't know. I think I think that uh, – I think I'm just starting to notice that. It seems like the kind of the off-the-wall off characters are turning out better than, than the ones that they know. Like, oh, if we make an Iron Man movie, people are going to go see it. It just seems like they don't care as much about those. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, you t- I think you're totally right. Yeah, they take, they take more, more chances with the, the lesser-known – yeah, yeah. It's, it's up. It's up there with Guardians. Yeah. So it's just before I move on to uh, the next the next review, just want just want one bit, one extra bit, uh, which it was hilarious. And it's there's when you, when you first meet uh, Darren Cross, uh, Hanks, like he's doing like a like a, a uh, what's what's the word we trying to sell stuff? I don't know. It's like a presentation. That's it. Um, anyway, so it's a scam. No, well, it is a scam, but he's he's, he's, he's trying to do a presentation and. And uh, he's got a, he's got a model of a building, and the scene, the scene it's pretty funny because he he basically stands next to this to this model uh, and uh, has like this smirk on his face. Now, it, on reflection, um, the, the smirk is because he's in the Pym building, and the model is for the Cross building. So he's basically saying, you know, I'm going to build a bigger building than the new built, you know, because he's you know, this animosity that he has towards his mentor, um, and you know, and here it is, sort of stuff. But a lot of people have also translated that as being a uh, reference to uh, Zoolander. Because, <laughs> you know, the Zoolander scene where um, they build the the center for kids that want to learn to read good. And, uh, and, Derek, and Derek cracks it and he, like, throws the bottle to the ground. And he's like, what is this, a center for ants? And <laughs> he just doesn't quite understand the concept. It has to be at least three times bigger than this. <laughs> And I must admit, I actually, even though I don't think they were they were directly referencing that, I would like to think that they actually were kind of referencing that because uh, it would be hilarious. So. But uh, anyway, I don't know for sure. But I, I hope it's yeah. If that's a Re- Nick Edgar Wright scene, I pretty much guarantee it was referencing that. But it's funny, funny stuff. Center for ads. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Review number two. <laughs> Uh, this one's going to be a lot shorter. Uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters is the latest uh, DC animated film. It's uh, The concept is by Bruce Timm. Um, anybody who has any knowledge of uh, the animated stuff from uh, from DC knows who Bruce Timm is. He's, he's a god amongst uh, lovers of the Batman animated series. Um, yeah. And he, as he rightfully should be, he's a genius. Um, the, it's, the concept is... Nothing we haven't seen before. I, I mean, I, as much as I love Bruce, I, I basically have to. I have to be honest here. It is essentially just a what if uh, that you know you've seen a hundred times before with some slight differences. Uh, it's um, the Justice League 
And there uh, is uh, three people. It's Superman, but Superman's father is, in fact, Zod this time instead of um, the other guy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> I've, I've now suddenly forgotten Durrell. There he is, Durrell. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. How did you do that? That's a disgrace. That's an absolute disgrace. Uh, anyway, so his father is Zod, and, so, and uh, when he lands on Earth, he's raised by Mexicans. He lands in Mexico. Um, so they're the, the two major difference. So he does look substantially different. Um, but uh, has all the same powers. So he's, he looks. Uh, so uh, he's a different. Latino? He's not the same guy. Well, he doesn't like look. This, he doesn't look Latino because just because he was raised by Latinos doesn't really actually. You said he looks exist. substantially different. He does. He looks different because Zod is his father, and okay. Zod looks completely different to Jarrell. Um, yeah, so so not, this is this is the story as if it were Zod's son, as if it were Zod's son. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. you know, and, so, and it sort of flirts with the idea that he possibly could be a bad guy. Um, but, That's kind of neat. I yeah. like that. Really? It's, it's been done before. So, uh, it's really yeah, how, how many different stories could they possibly come up for the same characters? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Anyway, um, the Wonder Woman analogy is uh, is not Diana. You actually, it, there's is no re- no proof that Amazon Island's actually even being discovered at this point. Uh, the the Wonder Woman is actually um, I can't remember her name, but she's a new god. Uh, so she's one of the new gods. So it's um, a deal that in her flashback sequence it shows, which I thought was awesome because I love the new gods, um, is uh, they're going to, instead of in, in normal continuity, they they do a sun swap. So Darkseid's Dark uh, son, Orion, goes to live with Allfather and Allfather's son, Scott, goes to live with um, Darkseid. But instead in this one, it's uh, they're going to marry the Allfather's daughter off to Orion, the son of Darkseid, um, but in a very in a very interesting twist that I've never seen before, I actually quite liked. It's revealed that Allfather is actually the is far worse than Darkseid. Like Darkseid's the biggest baddest guy in the DC universe, and Allfather's a bastard. And the whole plot is designed to actually wipe out Darkseid and take over Apocalypse. But uh, you know she's a she falls in love with Orion and tries to save him, and eventually just leaves. So it was, uh, yeah, it was quite cool. She's pretty groovy. She's got an awesome sword that has a mother box in it. It's brilliant. Uh, the, and Batman is, of course, you have to have Batman. Um, Batman is not Bruce. Um, there's no revelation of, who, of whether Bruce is even around. Uh, Bruce, uh, Batman is actually the Alfred. guy. No, <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, is, is uh, I've, I've, damn it, I've just I've lost his names. He's suddenly gone from it. But he's, he's oh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt Landstrom, the guy who become in our, our timeline becomes Man Bat. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't go with a different name. So he just twitched it around. No, no, no. It's just in, in our in our in our timeline, right? He he gets ill and he's just he's using um, sort of bat DNA to do sort of stuff, and you know, because it's basically it's kind of like the lizard from Spider Man. So he just you know injects himself. So he's a bat that becomes a man. No, he's a man who turns into like a were bat. He's like a were bat. Oh, okay, All right, okay. But in this, in Gods of Monsters universe, he's um, he's friends with the guy who creates the metal men and that working together. So with their genius combined, um, they're able to, to alter it so that he doesn't become a man bat, but he does become a vampire. So it becomes, he becomes kind of like, uh, Spider-Man's foe Mobius. He becomes like a living vampire type deal. So he has, so he gets all their abilities, but he doesn't become evil. Um, which I, you know, which I thought was, was interesting, but again, it's nothing we haven't seen before. I mean, Batman as a vampire has been done. 
So, you know, it's, it's yeah. Hard, I you think know. they've turned everybody into a vampire by this point in time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so no, he fought vampires. He wasn't a vampire. Oh, he didn't become one? He didn't become one. Okay. He, was the, he was the one that killed vampires. Right. Anyway, that's right. It was a no. terrible movie, so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine that you forgot that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so so it sort of flirts with the idea that these are actually bad guys, but it actually, it, it's actually, it's, they're actually not the bad guys. They just... Very, they're just quite heavy-handed. They're, like they're willing to kill in order to defeat the bad guys, especially Kurt because he directs sucks their blood. <laughs> he doesn't awesome. drink wine. He doesn't drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so it's a bit of fun. It has uh, actually what I actually found more interesting was it had a bunch of mini uh, episodes, like short little episodes on the web um, that you can see. There was one for each character. Uh, I quite liked the Harley Quinn one with. Kurt, so Kurt meets Harley Quinn for the first time, and Harley's completely off her tree. Like she's, we're not, we're not talking the fun, lovable Harley. She's a psycho killer. So she's basically the Joker. So she's basically the Joker. That's it. <laughs> basically the Joker with a ridiculous outfit. Her outfit is, I know we we joke about Harley's outfits a lot because they are, they are pretty stupid, but her outfit in this in this cartoon is strictly adults only. Let me tell you, it's ridiculous. So yeah. So it's good to see a bit of violence in the DC universe, but other than that, yeah, not that excited. Two out of five. Last but not least, barely lethal. And I just watched this last night. <laughs> it's just uh, because uh, I heard about, I heard a friend actually talking about it, so I thought I'd check it out. Now it's it's barely lethal is is uh, it's got like a comedy action teen movie. It's a, it's a and uh, what it is is you got this school, the Prescott School for Girls. That what it does it takes orphans. Um, and tra- really young ages, like, you know, really, really, really young, and then trains them to be assassins. And uh, one of them uh, decides that she wants to be a normal teenager. She's a teenager. She wants to be a normal teenager. But her view of a normal teenager, teenager is a bit askew because she's because she's never been in the outside world. She's All she's done is watch movies and TVs. And so her her idea of a normal being a normal teenager is Beverly Hills 90210 slashed with mean girls, you know, crossed with clueless, you know, you know the Breakfast Club, all that sort of stuff, so all that sort of sort of teen tropes. So she uh, she escapes the facility and uh, goes to you know be goes to live with a family, a foster family, and you know attend attend high school, which is her dream to attend high school. And you know hijinks ensue. I mean she's an assassin, she's an assassin, so people come after her to try and kill her, and you know she stuffs things up because her only idea of high school is not reality; it's from movies and all sort of stuff. So um, it's an enjoyable bit of fluff. It's it's good, and it is. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I quite like the lead actress. Um, she's the actress from uh, Three Days to Kill and um, True Grit, the True Grit remake. So she's she's. I mean, she's quite talented. Everybody else, you know, they are what they are. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't I can't really criticize it all that much because I mean, it's not. It wasn't aimed for me. It's quite clearly aimed for teenagers. I mean, it's not. It's not one of those sort of. You know, we you know our audience should be teenagers, but we've got some adult jokes in there as well, sort of stuff. No, it is strictly thirteen-year-old fare. And uh, but you know, it, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing I will point out though is there is there's really creepy. We're not too sure how I even got past the writers, but the the t- one of the teachers is obsessed with one of the students, um, and the, the teacher is male and the student is male. But the, the but the student is like he's the most popular kid in school because he's he's in a rock band. He's the lead singer in the band. He's very handsome, and you know he's been on you know YouTube and all that sort of stuff. So he's he's, he's essentially Justin Bieber, right? And 
the teacher like you know wants to jam with him and you know hang out with the cool kids and stuff, right? So at that point, I was like, yeah, whatever. You see this in every every Disney teen TV show known to man. But then it gets to the scenes later on at, at, at the dance, so the high school dance, the obligatory prom night thing, and and the teacher, I don't know, the teacher's like the guys, the the kids sinning, and the teacher's like looking up at him adoringly with these, you know, quite like. You know, I don't know. It's weird. I can't. I can't really describe it. And he's like, and then he starts to sing along, and it's, it's like, dude, have you got an erection now? What's going on? I was, it's, it's weird. It's creepy. Really, really creepy stuff. And it's like that whole thing should be cut. It's really bizarre. If it was a male singer doing it to a, uh, it's a male teacher to a female singer. There's, I have no doubt in my mind, it would have been cut from the show. But for some reason, it's still allowed to be in there. It's odd, odd, odd stuff, um, and not funny. But uh, yeah, if you're 13, check it out. If you're not, yeah. Check it out anyway. We don't have any 13-year-old <laughs> listeners. That's true, we don't. Cam, Cam, if you listened, you might enjoy it. Anybody else? No. Moving <laughs> on to Clash of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Clash of Champions, round six. Yeah, I've actually gotten a bit annoyed because Marvel's released a comic called... Uh, they've re-released the comic Concept of Champions. So they've reintroduced the Concept of Champions concept. Yeah, I'm aware of that. That's why we changed the name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought they were just... Well, I just thought they were doing it because of uh, they were just doing the game. They've got a game called Concept of Champions. Oh, right. But they've actually released a comic called Concept of Champions. And it's basically just grab two people and just have them fight. And I'm like, what the hell, man? I've been listening to our show. I know. Bastards. Yeah, trying to push us out. That's yeah. it. Trying to stomp out EB game style. Stomp, stomp out the competition. Stomp out the little guy. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Clash of Champions. We're superior. Uh, for this edition of uh, Clash of Champions, we've got a fan choice. Uh, is uh, Jemima has uh, has requested uh, Riddick versus the Punisher. And uh, as I mentioned the episode previously, the Punisher was going to be in this round anyway, so it worked out good. Pretty happy about that. Uh, we are going with, as pointed out on the Facebook, actually, I need to learn to do this right from the start, but uh, I need to specify which versions they are. So it's it's Movie Riddick versus Comic Punisher. I'll make that clear. So you have the arena, 1,800 by 1,800 feet island, about four city blocks by f- uh, 400 feet, 450 feet by 450 feet, filled with typical New York City stuff, buildings, warehouses, shops, cars, etc., and pretzel stands. <laughs> Covered by a force field reaching up 700 kilometres, which is... Into space. Into space. <laughs> and there are no civilians present. Now, as a little a little, a little caveat... Caveat. Caveat. <laughs> as a little caveat for this particular edition, because normally it's just it's just assumed that the fight is happening during the day, right? We never specify otherwise. I always picture them at night time. I don't know why. See, now that's interesting oh. you say that. Because I actually go, we're actually going to specify that it is in fact night time, mm. all right, and it becomes important later because of the characters, all right. So it is, it is indeed dusk leading into night time. We got that. We clear. Okay. Yep. We're awesome. You don't care. <laughs> Look at your face is hilarious. I don't give a crap. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so Riddick, uh, Riddick is. A Furion, who is uh, is basically a humanoid, but with enhanced abilities. So he has uh, enhanced speed, uh, enhanced strength, uh, durability, stamina, 
healing, that sort of stuff. Not, I mean, not to Wolverine type levels, but he is faster than a normal human. He's definitely stronger than a normal human because he can uh, lift a couple of tons. His healing factor is is pretty good. He basically at one point he he gets he breaks his leg in half and then sort of holds himself up in uh, an abandoned tomb so that the print the hounds don't get to him. And then the next day he's basically essentially back to normal. So he's you know he's he's pretty damn good. Is that his healing factor, or is that just bad movie making? Well, he, he does it quite quite a number of times, okay. so, so it is definitely a healing factor. Okay. For bad movie <laughs> making. No, no, that, that's an excellent point because we're going to bring that up in a second. He's a, he's basically essentially he's a highly skilled predator. I mean, he's he's the most dangerous prisoner in the universe, and that's the whole the whole the basically the whole point of his character is that he says he can't be contained. Every time he just gets captured, he escapes. He's the only person to ever escape from Botany Bay. Does he bleed? He does bleed, then yes. Then can kill it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so good at this. Um, yes, he can be killed. He's not immortal. Um, he can also be hurt as well. Uh, but So let's, I'll just go through some uh, some things, for, some of the feats that I found for him. He's, uh, uh, he's extremely mobile and stealthy, especially for someone of his size. Has a vast knowledge of how to kill almost any humanoid in a variety of ways. He's an extreme survivalist. And is notoriously hard to contain. When you said survivalist, I pictured bear grills. <laughs> yeah, well, he's basically he's bear grills on steroids. Um, so the part of the survivalist thing, to give you an idea, is he um, he's uh, he gets left trapped on this planet with no way off, and there's this creature that lives in this in this in the war in liquid, and uh, and it's it's essentially a scorpion, right? It's like a like a sea scorpion type deal. He intentionally. He, and it's poisonous. So he intentionally poisons himself in small doses just to make him ill, to sort of build up a, an, immunity. an immunity to it. So then later on when he's fighting it, it's stabbing him. I mean, it hurts because it's stabbing him, but he doesn't get affected by the poison. So he's vaccinated himself. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty sweet. It's pretty cool, actually. Um, so there's, there's other things like that. So he's going he to survive for, you know, for a very long time without any food or water and stuff like that. Uh, basically, he's, he's essentially a killing machine, um, especially with his knives. He has uh, dual blades uh, that are his preferred weapons. Uh, they're not special metal of any kind. They're basically just knives. Uh, so with a knife, he's pretty much he's pretty much unstoppable, but uh, in hand-to-hand sort of stuff. Um, he's not really shown using uh, ranged weapons all that much. In fact, if I can't remember seeing him do it once. Uh, now, going back to what you were saying before about um, is that bad movie writing. In the second movie, which is awful, Chronicles of Riddick, terrible stuff, um, he has an AOE ability that you never see before or you never see again. <laughs> so, so we're going to discount that. He doesn't have that ability. For anybody who wants to bring that up, he, I'm saying it now, he doesn't have it. Should, he should clearly use it in the third film. He never does. And so it's like, wow, well, fuck, they must have just forgotten it. I was just he got lucky that one time. Yeah. I was thinking more it's like Superman that. throwing that thing on his chest. <laughs> 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 the cellophane is... <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of someone in a TV show they get injured and then in the next episode they're fine. Yeah. Um, so, but he's uh, some would say his most important ability is the ability to see in the dark. So now it's it's a bit confusing exactly how he come, comes about this ability. It's called shining. Uh, he gets his eyes shine in the games, uh, in, in particularly one, one game, Escape from Botany Bay, which is an awesome game by the way. He um, he's surgically his eyes are surgically altered to allow him to see in the dark, um, and. But in the movies, it's it's hinted as being a, an actual genetic trait of his car, you know, caste of, of of people. But anyway, regardless, regardless of how he gets it, he can see in the dark. Um, so he has super night vision. Like it, the night is essentially day 
for him. Um, so none of this infrared bullshit. He's, he actually is just basically just like being in daylight. Now, obviously, the offset of that would be that if he gets uh, blinded by some bright light, it actually affects him quite, like more than it would a normal person. So even if he turns his head, he's still going to get affected in some way. So keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, the Punisher is uh, Frank Castle, the uh, who's a well, depending on which version you go with, a Vietnam vet who uh, is uh, is just is basically the greatest super soldier in the world. The greatest, oh, he's not a super soldier, the greatest soldier in the world. Uh, and uh, he, uh, after the war, he goes to live uh, with his wife and children. And he is in the park. They're all in the park one day, minding their own business. And uh, his family get killed by some crossfire between some mafia people. Um, there are, of course, alternate versions of that where they're intentionally killed and all that sort of stuff. But that's the general idea. Is the general idea is that he's a soldier, an elite soldier, who um, his family are killed, and so he swears revenge on all criminals. And uh, he's essentially a psychopath. He, but he just says, if you break the law, when he's first introduced, he kills somebody for jaywalking. <laughs> but then that that gets toned down a little bit, and uh, he um, he basically just kills you know criminal criminals. Stuff. But on a power level, he's basically Rambo. He's essentially, yeah, that's yeah. He's essentially Rambo, yeah. But he's, I'd, I'd say even even better. I, I'd say he's. I mean, he's he's he, he's familiar. I wouldn't say he's a master, but he's at least familiar with every known weapon. So so much so that he, even when he picks up like an alien weapon, he can still figure out how to use it. So the stuff that's sort of sort of level, you know what I mean? Um, so ballistics is is on par. Um, like if we gave him a sniper rifle, the, the game would be over. Um, so the ordnance, you know, so bombs and stuff like that, perfect. Um, and you know, and of course, hand to head kind of come out. I mean, the guy's gone up against Hulk level characters and survived. He's been severely screwed up, but he still survived. He doesn't have a healing factor or anything like that. Yeah, he's just a guy, but he's a really, really good one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a really tough dude. He's a tough mother. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I actually quite like the Punisher a bit. This is a really hard fight because, I mean, in all honesty, it sounds like Riddick kind of has the kind of has the upper hand just because he does have some sort of supernatural ability. Yeah. And other than that, he's just a tough guy like the Punisher. But how do you, how do you, you know, the? I guess we have to kind of look at um, the types of people that they've beaten. So, like, I never watched the Riddick movies or played the game. What is, like, the the biggest, baddest thing that he's killed, and does it compare to the things that the Punisher has faced? Well, one thing that people seem to bring up a lot is that he takes on, on multiple occasions, he's taken on multiple opponents and killed them all without being hurt in any way. There's also an infamous scene in Chronicles of Riddick where he kills somebody with a teacup. (laughs) He's just, he's drinking, the guy's like, what are you going to do? He's like, kill me with with you. your soup cup and he's like no well, it's tea actually and then he puts the cup down and the guy attacks him and then he picks the cup up and rams it so hard into the guy's chest that it kills him see now punisher wouldn't be familiar with that as a weapon <laughs> <laughs> punish yeah. for me with everything as a weapon it's really it's it's it's, it's, it's it doesn't make it easy any he cares that it's a cup it's the fact that he uses it's a metal it's still a metal object it's yeah. not like it's not like a fine china here that's what i was picturing yeah. when you said tea cup. yeah yeah no it's, it's a metal it's a metal prison sort of type up. Um, anyway, um, and the other thing is that he beats um, the main bad guy in Chronicles of Riddick, who's sort of like a half-dead 
it's like a sentient zombie type thing you know it's basically unkillable sort of stuff and he beats he ends up beating him so but I don't know I tend to disregard most of the stuff from Chronicles already because it's just so shit Still sounds like he's yeah. the stronger combatant. Though. Yeah, still it definitely does. He definitely does. So, well, so for this one, actually, um, instead of just dumping them in the city and just let them go for it, actually, I've, I've worked out a little bit of a story, a storyline. So, so, okay, so I'll do a story and we'll go for it. It is dusk leading to dawn, as uh, dusk leading to nighttime. As uh, as we uh, mentioned previously, we're actually going to make it so that they're aware of each other's abilities. So. You may think that I've given Riddick the advantage by the fact that it's about to go to nighttime. Mm. Um, but ah. but Punisher, knowing that, is going to take some flash grenades. Now, mm. flash grenades are effective against normal people, but against Riddick, they're going to be ridiculous. Right? So I'm going to offset uh, Riddick's natural ability with the, the Punisher, knowing that what that's about. Um, and so, so this is sort of, sort of right. So Punisher's Punisher's not going to not just going to rush into the fight, right? And neither is Rick. They're both they're both very smart. Punisher's going to set up traps. So we're going to put him. We're going to put him in um, an area, and he's just going to go sick with the traps. It's like this walking into this area is going to be a disaster zone. So is you know he's got C four set up. You know in in the you know on in corners. He's got you know, liquid nitrogen wires no liquid nitrogen <laughs> uh, uh, but you know he's got his you know sort of stuff like that so like i said i didn't want i don't want to give him a sniper rifle because otherwise that's pretty much the end of Game it right uh, but um he does have all his other type stuff so i mean he's he's always even he's pictured with his double uzis he's got his you know his, his a you know not the ak for something a ar um he's got grenades he's got flash bombs he's got his kevlar vest type stuff I always thought sort of Uzi stuff. is a bad name because Uzi to me sounds like it sort of just oozes out the bullets, which wouldn't be very effective. Yeah, <laughs> they don't come out straight. They just kind of like fall, they ooze out. <laughs> You've both been terrible. Um, yeah, so so yeah, so he's basically set up a kill zone all around him for for like blocks. Like he's he's in a block, and like the entire block is set up as a kill zone. While Riddick is making his way to him, because they got they got dumped at either side of the city, as we always do, right? So it's yep. not like we've I've like pulled a shifty; like they're always dumped at the other side of the city. So, so in this time, Frank's a master of demolitions. So he's got the entire thing rigged to blow in a series of traps, mini explosions, and if worse comes to worst, predator style, entire block goes, sort of stuff. And then he just kicks back. So it's going to take him a while to set that up. In that time, Riddick's made his way there. It's gone to fully dark by then Riddick's like alright now I'm in my natural element he doesn't say that of course because he barely speaks but uh, it's like right, it's, I'm going in for it he's got his knives he's got nothing else which is which is what is relevant to his universe um, he basically never really relies on anything else he's, in fact I actually don't even know how good a ballistic person he is I think in the third film he does have a gun but um, mainly for the knives so he's going in uh, going in for the kill but Nighttime is perfect. Is perfect light for him. He's he's going to see, no matter how good Punisher is, he's going to see some of this sort of stuff. So he's like, I mean, he's a soldier stuff. He's not like a super spy. So he's not going to have, you know, telephone boxes disguised as bombs and stuff. So he's, so he's, so, he's, so he so Riddick notices some of these traps. He has to get the Punisher. He assumes he's in there somewhere. Let's go from there. Well, it seems pretty rigged in Punisher's favor. Do you think so? Yeah, well, well Punisher isn't... See, it's obviously he's set him up so he could see him coming. Mm-hmm. 
he would have set himself up so he could see him coming. Yeah. Or still yeah, throw, yeah. Throw, throw one of his flash grenades that you provided him with. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then shoot, shoot him. And then shoot him, yeah? Yeah. But then isn't that isn't that offset by Riddick's far superior fighting skills, physical abilities? But how can he fight what he can't see? What do you mean? If you yeah. if you've stunned so him with a flash thing. grenade, he's too busy trying to see before and while he's stunned, he can just be shot. So I'm thinking but I'm thinking also on the lines of since he's seen the setup the Punisher's done, wouldn't he surmise that this guy's, you know, military and so would and if he if I know everything about this my opponent and I've been told that I, that my opponent knows everything about me, he'll know that the guy's got a flash grenade. Does he have sunglasses? Mm-hmm. He's got his special goggles that he wears, but that's still not enough to protect him fully. Okay. He probably wouldn't go, I mean, like, you know, if he walked up to a building that he saw was was booby-trapped with all of this, he's not going to, like, just go, oh, I guess I better go in here, you know? Like, <laughs> I guess he would, I guess he would try to, try to go a different way. So how does he try to get the edge... On the Punisher. What's, he, what's his tracking skills like? He, he'd have to find the Punisher first. His tracking skills are off the charts. Like he's he's like the ultimate hunter. Better than a predator, I would say. So he's got to do something to lure the Punisher out of out of hiding. Yeah, that's what I think. I think he's. he's then, I mean, he's no idiot. Track, yeah. Well, I, I still think if you've provided the Punisher with stung uh, flash grenades, he's going to use those first. Only when he gets close enough. So this is, this is why it's, uh, 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 I think I think Riddick will trip the 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 traps from a safe distance, mm. and then to to in order to let Punisher think that he's like on his way, and then sneak in and attack. Uh, okay. So you know, pick up a pick up a trash can, throw it in. The old throw the then, thing, then, make sure make him believe I'm over there trick. Yeah, the whole yeah, exactly. So he's like, so he, he trips a couple of the traps, not sort of going in and on a on a sort of lateral way. So it's not like well, I just go down the street tripping him as I go. He's like he trips a couple. He trips one, runs to another another area, trips another one, runs to another area. Like he's got enhanced speed. You know, it's not flash speed, but he's you know he's pretty quick. And then you know, trip another one, and so punishes like you know. Punisher also not an idiot will know that he's actually he's doing that, but he can't be sure exactly where he is at any given time. So he's taking them all out. Then when he's you know, he's got a bit of a clearer path, he goes in and then tries to track Punisher. Would Punisher then leave his position? I don't know. I mean, you think he's set up where he can see the trap, and he sees that there's someone's throwing a trash can into there, or do you think it's mm. like uh, he may be fooled into into coming down and and throwing the flashbang out, but yet Reddick knows he's going to, so he doesn't need to, you know, basically he just needs to kind of go around the corner and avoid it and yep. come back around. Yeah. That's how I, I, I sort of say it. It's like, I mean, Punisher's got not, I mean, space, but Punisher has, unlike Reddick, Punisher has ballistic weapons. So as, as he can be taking shots from a distance and Riddick has to get close enough to engage hand-to-hand to actually then try and and fight. Would you reckon Riddick would be able to get past the Punisher's ballistic abilities? Not if he's, not if he's as good as you say he is. Unless, unless he manages to stay shielded at all times. Like he's got like a trash, he's got like a trash can lid. He borrowed Cap's shield. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cap left it lying around. <laughs> he finds Cap's lifeless body. I oh, know Cap won, didn't he? Cap won. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, okay. Well, I think I've, I think I've maybe thrown you guys off track. Maybe. Well, the problem is, is this fight is just basic, basically exploring your narrative in this situation because there's just no, there's no. It's really hard to try to measure both of these characters because, in, in all honesty, like if you just think about the pun, the Punisher. Um, and, and what that that character is in the Marvel universe, it's impossible. It's like Batman; like no no human would ever survive all of the things that that he does. So true. Um, and so, whenever you're trying to like write this out as a character sheet, um, you know, on paper, it, it just doesn't make any sense that the Punisher would ever beat the character Reddick, um, just because you know Reddick is basically everything the Punisher is plus a little more. Yeah. Um, it, but we know just from the history of the Punisher, I feel like he's a character that, you know, in the same sense as Batman, like, whoever's writing the story could find a, a reasonable way that he would win. You know, like, it's just, these are, these are this, this is a hard scenario just mm. because of that. I think if you're looking at this sort of uh, sterile or, like, mathematically, yep. then Reddick has to win, you know? Okay. What say you? Yeah, if you just just if you place it just on powers, Riddick's got stronger powers. Hmm. So we're saying that it's you know eventually Riddick makes it to hand to hand, and then let's face it. I mean, I, and I agree with both of you. If it gets to hand to hand, I don't think Punisher's got much of a chance. No, well he's only Rambo. He's not superhuman. Yeah. Although Rambo could arguably be superhuman. <laughs> yeah, but but Murdoch. Whereas, 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 coming to get you. <laughs> whereas Riddick is yeah. superhuman. Yeah. All right. That's, well, sim- all right, that's well, similar, though. I think that Rambo is a similar. That's a similar character. He's just some guy, <laughs> yeah. but in that narrative, he's he's you know he does superhuman things, uh, okay. which is interesting because it, it kind of like is interesting. Like if you if you've ever had those you know sort of like. You know, internal fantasies of like, oh, what would I do if, if uh, someone came in around the corner and robbed me? It's like, well, I, I take, I, I would do this move and take his gun, and then you know, you always have those like little, you know, fantasies going on inside your head, and it's like, in that's kind of like what the Punisher is or Rambo is or that they're they're like, they're like a character that's able to live out that fantasy in actuality, hmm. when in 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 reality, he's just some guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess it's pretty clear. I, I don't want to drag it out too long. So you're essentially saying Riddick for the win? Yeah, Riddick for the win. Riddick gets in close and then just annihilates the Punisher? Yeah. Are we good with that, Bo? Yeah. I think this is a really hard one to judge. I think that I think that with the right with the right situation, with the right writer, they could, you know, if this were being written into a comic, then the Punisher could win. But I think in the terms of our contest, then Riddick has to win. Sweet. All right, well, I agree. So that's three for Riddick. All right, cool. I think he'd be severely wounded, though. Punishes no chump, but he was still in the end. That's all right, he'll be healed by the next movie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, on for the votes. Uh, As of this recording, we had 93 comments on Facebook. uh, So out of a possible uh, 77 results, I couldn't count all of them because some of them were just silly answers. Deadpool. One of them was, in fact, Deadpool. Uh, it was Spider-Man versus Deadpool. Like, Come on. Um, and Spidey. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, another one. Oh, actually, actually, another one did suggest uh, another Another was uh, 
Ghost Rider versus Scorpion, which I thought was pretty cool. But we've already had Scorpion this series, this uh, season, so sorry about that. Uh, so out of seventy-seven results, what do you think uh, the ratio was? Oh, it's hard to say. Yeah, man, I can't even. It really, uh, it really depends on whose favorite was their favorite. Yeah. I think Punisher has a bigger fan fan base, but I think probably a lot of people came to the same conclusion that we did. Yeah. I think you're spot on the mark. I think that's exactly what happened. It was the Punisher. I, I, I mean, I thought the Punisher would win the votes tally, even though I thought Riddick would actually win the fight. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad to say that I was wrong. It was uh, Riddick 48 versus Punisher 29. Well, there you go. We're all in agreement. This We're all in agreement there, God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was uh, it was basically it was basically Riddick, 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 Punisher. Riddick, 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 Punisher. Riddick, 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 Punisher. That's, you know, that's, that's, it reminded me of that Moby clip. Moby, Moby, Moby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a uh, victory to Riddick. Uh, I hope Jemima enjoyed it and agrees with you know agrees or disagrees. I'd like to hear from you guys. Um, it's uh, yeah, give us give us your thoughts. I mean, I, I mean, I think, but I think Frank outclassed Frank's Punisher's real name. <laughs> I know he's a good friend of mine. So on a first name basis, I refer to his first name. You, you don't want to be. You don't want to not be his friend. No, well, exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, for next uh, next round, we're doing uh, Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man, versus Ashoka Tano, the uh, the young Padawan from the Star Wars Clone Wars series, and we're doing specifically the young Padawan version, not the new Rebels series version. She potentially could win the whole thing, though. No, no way. <laughs> she's she's still she's a young Padawan. She's nowhere near as powerful as Anakin or any of the other older Jedi's. So, okay. Yeah. So that's your vote. You're actually you automatically saying Shaka wins anyway. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't discount Miles. Miles knows what he's doing. He's a good kid. Yeah. I like I like Miles. I like both those characters. Yeah. Both really good characters. All right. So that's uh, next round. We'll have the votes up soon. Next up, we've got uh, the return of Factor Foe. For people who haven't heard the last ones, um, basically, I'm going to give the boys three facts. Mm-hmm. One of them is a foe <laughs> or a fiction or a fallacy, and they have to choose which one it is. Cool. And is it, is it the whole fact is one of them is wrong, or is parts of the fact some of it's wrong? I'm not going to say this time. Oh, I like harder. it. Oh, I like it. Okay. So, this, this week's fact or foe is oh, Bo may have an advantage because it's very American centric. It's about male cheerleaders. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like how there's a theme for every word. I d- didn't intend it to be that way, but it came out. That's how it came out. American male cheerleaders. Yes. Gotcha. So there's, there's, I've got three facts here. For the for number one, Samuel L. Jackson was a cheerleader in college. Okay. Number two, no less than four U.S. presidents were cheerleaders in college: Franklin D. Roosevelt, Ronald Reagan, George H. W. Bush, and George W. Bush. Right. And Steve Martin was a cheerleader in high school. Right. So one of these is actually wrong. One of these is wrong. Right. Well, I know for a fact George Bush was a cheerleader because it was on the news all the time. W, you're talking about? Yeah, well, everybody tried to pick on. Which one's the son? W. 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 Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, so, so W definitely was a, a cheerleader at some point. I would not be shocked if Samuel Jackson was a cheerleader because he's awesome. Yeah. He, he can do <laughs> all, everything. All of 
all three of these are pretty believable. Yeah, and that's the whole. That's the sting, dude. That's the sting. That's yeah. what you get you because <laughs> they're all yeah. believable. Now we're playing against each other, right? So I'm yeah. not helping. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This, this is not, right, this is right. not a team effort. This is Bo versus Dad. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the four U.S. presidents is wrong only because I don't think all four of them were. Okay, Bo. Um, so we're picking the one that is not true. Yep. I think Samuel Jackson is like the one that's supposed to be like, oh, you wouldn't believe Samuel Jackson was a cheerleader, so you're going to pick that one kind of deal. I think that's like the red herring. I think that the four presidents thing is very believable. I believe that this one may be here because four presidents have been cheerleaders, but not necessarily these four. But I'm not necessarily saying I'm picking that one. And then Steve Martin... Maybe the opposite of the redhead. He may be the one that you're like, oh, definitely. Steve Martin was definitely a cheerleader in high school. But in fact, he wasn't. And so that's why you pick somebody. I think you may have picked somebody that you thought may have been, and then researched it to see if they were, found out they weren't, and then put it in there. <laughs> that may be, but that may actually be more effort than you were willing to put into this. So <laughs> it would be easier to find out that four presidents actually were cheerleaders and then to change one of them to a different cheerleader seems like the obvious way to go. But I want to pick something different than David because I don't want to end it with a tie. I want one of us to win or lose. I'm saying Steve Martin was not a cheerleader in high school. Okay. Well, so (laughs) you both agree on the Samuel L. Jackson one, so we'll start with that. Samuel L. Jackson was indeed a cheerleader in college. Ah, yeah. I saw him talking about this on the Graham Norton Show, and I'm sure you can probably guess why he was a cheerleader in college. For the ladies. (laughs) He was to meet the ladies. (laughs) And he didn't actually do any of the chance things. He was the one with the megaphone doing the thing. So, yeah, I'm kind of picturing him going, yeah. Yes, I hope your team loses, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> I'm you want to be an Avenger? <laughs> God, I hope the team were called the Avengers. <laughs> uh, okay, so four U.S. presidents were cheerleaders in college. Yes, all four of them definitely were cheerleaders in college. And yes, uh, I was correct. I did research all of that, and I have confirmed they all were. Even Franklin. Even Franklin. <laughs> See, back in the day, it was more of a manly pursuit. It's only become a, a lady's sort of later on. Well, there you go. Uh, and so, so not only were George W. and George H.W. Bush cheerleaders, but George H.W. Bush's father, Prescott, was also a cheerleader. Wow. All at Yale. Generations of cheerleaders. Yes. Prescott, Sheldon, Bush. Right. <laughs> so that leaves Steve Martin. Now, Steve Martin, well, according to, well, I couldn't find the actual article that was quoted, but according to a 1978 Newsweek article, he tried to become a cheerleader in high school, but given that one of the chants he wrote was, die you gravy-sucking pigs, he was rejected. But... <laughs> Given it was Steve Martin, that just could have been a quip he made on the day. It may, that may not even be true at all either. So, yeah, it's the, that's the Steve Martin one. Is the foe, Bo is the winner. That's a disgrace. Wow. Dude, if, if I had went first, I would have picked the four presidents. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, think that's the easiest, I think that's the easiest one to, to make up. So I figured that was, that was the one. 
Well, you, you, you won, so accept your victory with grease. Uh, you gravy-sucking I pig. <laughs> I told you I was good at this. I told you. Cool. I like this thing. We should do more of it. It's funny. Uh, yeah, these are great. Awesome. You remember to put them in the running sheet. That's it. I apologize. <laughs> apologize. We've, I'm we've deeply, deeply ashamed. All right, well, that's uh, Fact or Foe. Next up, we've got Azerothian Times. Yeah, so I don't, I don't have uh, a lot for this edition of Azerothian Times. I don't know about you, Bo, but uh, the only thing I've got noted down is that I just, I thought it was funny that the last Azerothian Times that we did, um, we were talking about how we were, you know, excited to see to possibly get some footage leaked from uh, San Diego Comic Con that was happening. And like even during the show, we were you know, like, I was checking my phone. I was like, is there anything out? Is there anything out? And there wasn't anything out by the by the time we were recording. But you know, as yeah. fate would have it, <laughs> it was released a couple of hours later. Uh, so we actually did get some footage leaked from uh, San Diego, and um, the footage that they showed was the same one that's actually been shown before at uh, a previous convention, I think it might even have been BlizzCon, but for some reason never actually got leaked, I don't know if they got better security or you know more respect from their fans, I don't know. I am amazed that it never got leaked before. Yeah, it's it's really strange. But so now it's fast, yeah. but I think the trick is, I think as fast as this went down, I think that's the real trick, is that People have filmed it before and posted it, but I think Blizzard is just like relentless at, at finding it take and taking it down. Yeah, because um, that one you showed me within a matter of hours was gone. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as I saw that it was available, I was like, bang! This is like, bro, check it out. Email, send the link, and uh, off it goes. And uh, anyway, so the footage is um, is uh, uh, it's not actual. It wasn't proper release worthy footage which is uh, which sort of explains why they haven't released it like they have with the suicide squad trailer like this is um because there was a, there was a there's quite a few leaks there was a suicide squad deadpool uh yeah. x-men age of apocalypse um which i never got a chance to see it was gone by the time i got to it so um but uh and they actually they and uh, batman versus Superman, which they then they actually then did release batman versus Superman and suicide squad as proper hd trailers uh, but Deadpool won't come out that way because it was unfinished, especially if there were some special effects that were missing and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, the Warcraft thing, is, it was uh, unfinished effects as well. Uh, but basically it is, deals with uh, scenes of the Orcs, so Duratan um, and Dura. Is that his wife's name, Dura? It was Duratan. Duratan and his wife. And oh, um, you also got to see Garona. Uh, which was pretty cool. I don't know if they're going to go with... So Groner is still referred to as a half-breed, but whether she's a, a half-breed orc slash Drenai or orc slash human, I'm not too sure which one they're going to go with. But, uh, but it, it was, was Orgrim. It was Dirtan and Orgrim. Yeah, but there was also a female orc as well, the pregnant one. Yeah, I think that was yeah. Garona. No, no. Garona's the one... Um, it, was Dur- it was definitely Dirtan's wife, and she's pregnant with Thrall. And, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're Garona's right. the one where the guy, where the orc pulls the chain uh, around the female orc's neck and says, you know, yeah. get moving, half-breed. That's definitely Garona. Yeah. It's, it's Paula Patton. And so it sort of deals with them. So, so it sort of ex, it explains why they're doing why they're doing what they're doing. So, so they're, they're building the portal in order to leave the planet because the planet is, is on the verge of death. Um, so And uh, it also has Gul'dan, which is cool. I thought Gul'dan was quite well done. Um, and the opening of the portal. Mm-hmm. So I thought Gul'dan, I, I thought Gul'dan was like the worst part of it. I really didn't think he he looked that great. Really? 
Yeah, I thought he looked less finished than Duratan and Orgrim did. Oh even yeah, the, well in terms of the special the effects. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he definitely needed some some embellishment touches. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge it based on on the fact that it was unfinished because they. I mean, it is unfinished footage. They, they, they don't try and hide it. Yeah. So I mean, actually, was, actually, I, I let it go. I, I was willing to see past that and just enjoy it for what it was. Um, so like, I was I was like begging to see this. Like, I really wanted to see this. I couldn't wait. Couldn't couldn't wait for um, someone to leak it. And me and my coworkers. I mean, we spent. Probably a, a gross amount of time of our work day trying to find this during <laughs> during Comic Con, and um, um, finally, but the night before you sent it to me, um, one of one of the guys that worked with me found it and sent it to me. Cool. And I watched. It was 4 a.m. Um, I was I was should not have still been awake, but I just went to bed. I was up staying staying up playing WoW way too late. I watched it as soon as it opens. And you have that you have that opening shot of like, uh, you know, what looks like um, what area? Did, I don't know what area on the map that is, but there's this kind of deserty, you know, Draenor esque area. And I thought, oh, dude, this looks amazing. They mm. start showing the orcs walking through, um, you know, this Orgrimmar looking kind of area, but it couldn't possibly be Orgrimmar, and that looks beautiful. And then the minute they show the pregnant. You know, Duratan's pregnant wife. I was like, "Guy, it's kind of unfinished." You know, yeah. and then when it got the, uh, whenever it got to uh, Gul'dan, and, and it really just kind of looked unfinished. I was really kind of like, I understand why they haven't released it, and I kind of wish I hadn't watched it in a way. But at the same time, I still feel like it's gonna be, it's gonna be really good. I just, I just kind of thought they'd be further along. I guess that's what I, where I'm saying. I kind of thought they'd be further along in this than what they are. I mean, it's still. I, I just thought it would be more finished than what it is. But the scenes. I mean, they they chose chose those particular scenes. Maybe there's other scenes that actually are already finished. Mm-hmm. And so this is they're just the ones that they chose to they chose to show because it's. I mean, it's quite dramatic. It's the opening of the portal. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, and it also seems like this is like beginning of the movie material too, because they go out of their way to say characters' names and stuff like that. Like it's. It seems like this is almost introductory uh, footage. Yeah. Um, I don't know that the movie's going to open and start exactly the way this does. I absolutely, I kind of doubt it, actually. Um, but I feel like this is early scenes in the story, which means that we're getting the opening of the Dark Portal at the beginning of the movie, as opposed to my original idea, where actually this movie could end with that, and then the next movie takes place with the events after that. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 I think they chose this particular footage because it goes back to what Duncan Jones was saying about how there's no goodies and baddies in this film. It's like each... Each yeah. side has their reasons for doing what they're, re- they're what they're what they're doing, and it's just shows that the orcs. I mean, the orcs are people too, you know. I mean, the orcs are doing. Duritan's only doing what he needs to do to protect his wife and ensure a future for his child. Um, and yeah, I, I guess technically the orcs are the baddies because they're the ones invading, but they're invading because they have yeah. no other choice. And so, and, One of the- you know, Duncan's very very careful to show that there's you know there's there's sides to every story. One of the things I've always I've always liked about the story of Warcraft is is you, you hear you hear like uh, like the orcs you know you root for the orcs during um, you know Warlords of Draenor you root for the orcs during um, you know certain stories but then whenever you're playing through uh, the storyline in the game where the orcs have are, have gone and, and slaughtered the Draenei because um, you know Duratan 
not Zertan, because Gul'dan told them that these people were plotting against their race and all this kind of stuff. And and even though you see the reasoning behind it, you also can play as as the Draenei and see the story from both sides. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's very similar to like actual history where it's like de- depending on depending on the side of history you're learning, it, it depicts the the heroes and villains. And and Warcraft kind of you know does that same thing. The Blizzard are very, a very a, a sort of more alliance. The alliance are good, horde are bad, um, than they than they want to be. I mean, it's 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 happens too often where the where the horde are betrayed as you know subhuman monster type piece, which is which is a shame. But I think it's I think it's yeah. very telling that at the start of the Draenor expansion, when you get your garrison. When you when you play a horde character, you're with uh, Duratan, and um, you establish your horde, uh, the, your garrison, and he's like, "All right, cool." Is you know, thank you, you you know, I, I don't know who you are, but you know, people I trust trust you, and so therefore I, I will trust you too, and until you prove me otherwise, and that's perfectly fair enough. And he's like, "Okay, now go out and explore, and you know, and and do what you do." When you're on the alliance side, the guy comes, the builder guy comes through the portal, and he says. All right, a whole nother land to conquer for the alliance, <laughs> as yeah. and it just it struck me the very first time. I was like, you know what? This is typical. <laughs> this is really typical. So they they betray the horde as the baddies, but yet it's always the alliance. It's all about conquest. It's it's quite funny actually. The the part of the footage that we didn't see is where where that video that was leaked kind of fades out and then goes into the next part. It's kind of the alliance side of, of what's happening, and, and uh, if anybody has a link to that, I'm just kidding. Uh, is, I doubt, I wait, doubt is there, that was there actually footage that was missing from the footage that we saw? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, because I've read reviews online of um, of the footage, and it, it continues after that. I think I think it's a similar a similar sort of uh, scenery, but it's on the human. It's the humans, um, but oh, it doesn't show. I don't think it's nearly as revealing. I think that I think they showed more of the story on the orc side. Yeah. And I think whenever they told the human half of the video, it's just like, "Hey, check out what these guys look like. They look cool, you know." Right. Um, it'd be awesome if that video if that video is also floating around. I mean, it already looks pretty good as it is, but right now it looks like the intro to a video game. It doesn't necessarily look like like the stills that they've shown you know, from the movie. Or like the guy, the guy like taking the video says the, uh, it, show, it looks like Avatar. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that guy's a, that guy's a moron. <laughs> that, that guy, uh, I, I don't know who you are, but you're an idiot. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> seriously. But it is, it is quite funny. I mean, it, it, and it's, 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 it's part of my reasoning for them to release something ASAP because you've got... I mean, yeah. the, the only footage that, you've, that we've seen is that footage that's got that idiot saying, he's like, oh, I don't like this. It looks crap. It's like, why would yeah. you want that as part of your advertising? Yeah, my thing is, is that's even more evidence that it's it's even that much more unfinished, um, because they haven't, you know, in reaction to the Suicide Squad trailer being leaked, in reaction to all these other trailers being leaked, they just went ahead and put it out, yeah. or they released a statement, you know, like uh, with Deadpool, they released a statement saying, hey, the trailer that was up there, most of that ain't even in the movie, um, it's still heavily in development. And that's why we're not releasing anything. Thanks for the interest, uh, you know. Mm. And, you know, sorry, but but Blizzard has this habit of just not saying anything until they apologize. <laughs> you know, it's, it, they they did that with the Diablo auction house, you know, sh- 
debacle and just you know they, that's just kind of their mo is just they just we're just going to pretend it never happened until we have to say something about it and um i really will I, you know all they need all they need is an orc breathing in the in the cold and and, and then it just says warcraft you know like this just they, yeah. they need anything and and they could get a i mean it would it would it would overwhelm if they released just just a shot of the shot of Duratan walking through the crowd, and they somehow made it, you know, more ambiguous, and you don't know where he's at, you don't know what's, and they, they just show a one, you know, a three-second clip of that, and then the title sequence, and release it as a as a teaser. That would that would overtake the Google search results, and you would never see these stills and and these like bootleg videos that people are posting. Yeah, I mean, because it would just have so much power behind, you know, behind Blizzard and, and behind its, you know, its its Google Hammer or whatever you, whatever you call <laughs> it. <laughs> they, they they need to release something, yeah. even if it's not a whole trailer. We need to see something. Come on, Blizzard, we've given you so many great ideas on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you should release something. Uh, well, that's a, that's all I've got for Resident Evil. You got anything else? Uh, no, not much oh, going on. I I forgot. I need to complain about the time walking thing. All right, my complaint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My complaint of the week. Um, the uh, the time walking, as uh, our regular listeners will know, I'm, I'm a fan of this of the whole concept of the time walking. And uh, Bo and I were quite excited because the last the last weekend was uh, the Wrath of the Lich King, uh, which is my yeah. fa- my favorite expansion. Um, so, uh, but I was very disappointed <laughs> to see that it was only like five, four or five specific. It was like the dungeons. beginning ones. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the uh, storytelling ones. So it was AZ. Uh, Holes of Lightning, and some of the others. Uh, I don't know. It's, oh, and uh, um, yeah, the Nexus, and and one of the other. And and, and was I mean, what mainly I was disappointed because I mean those dungeons are perfectly fine, but it was just the same ones over and over again. Is why I mean, why were not all of them done? I, it's like so actually. So I've now thought back. It's like, well, was that the same for the first time walking event? And you know what? It actually was. It was only four or five. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's only like four or five, and I think it's still like in highly testing. Like I think that uh, they don't they don't exactly know how they're going to do this time walking thing permanently. Mm. Um, and I like it. I think it's a really cool idea. I think it's I a too. really really cool idea. Um, but yeah, man, I thought whenever I heard Wrath of the Lich King dungeons, I was thinking of the really cool ones at the end of the expansion. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think we'll get that. They have to do that eventually. I was I was super excited because you know my my wife's playing well and um, she's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking because I thought she could hear me. I was excited because you know I got to experience those at level, you know whenever they whenever they came out, hmm. and I was kind of excited you know to re-experience those with my wife who started and missed. So you know, but then when I saw what it was those, I didn't even tell her. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even tell her about the time walking thing because you know it's just not the same. But they, but, were, um, they were the cool. They were still fine. They were perfectly fine. Yeah, I I like time walking. I, yeah. I like it. I just I just want to see. I want to see. You know, I want to be chased by the Lich King again. I want to see those. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, and me and WoW right now, I leveled a warrior up. It's got like level 600 gear. It doesn't have anything on, <laughs> and playing it a little bit but i'm basically make that kind of gets connected to the time walking thing i basically made a warrior just because i want to take time walking dungeons because i think the time walking thing is cool and exciting Mm. but like 
my main tune that I write on has no purpose in doing them. Hmm. You know, I do it, I do it just for the fun of it, and there is nothing, there's no reason for me to do them. Yeah. Um, so I basically decided I was going to make it uh, like I'm making like a time walking alt. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> just going to do time walking dungeons on. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got. Cool. No, that's it then. That's uh, that's it for this edition of Ezra Thing Times. Let's move on to coming soon. In Australian cinemas, July 30th, we get Coming Home, Far From Men. Coming home to get away far from men. Coming soon, coming home (laughs) far from men. (laughs) Uh, And Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Oh, I don't know if we needed another Mission Impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, the last one was good. This one looks like it's going to be alright. The last one was not that great. It's got that arsehole Simon Pegg in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, uh, Barrow and American Cinemas. And American Cinemas, we also get Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Two Step. I don't know what Two Step is, but it looks scary. It's like a dance. <laughs> yeah. The Lego Brickumentary. It's a documentary about Legos. <laughs> it's probably actually really interesting, though. And uh, The End of the Tour, which I'm sure is about some band breaking up or something. The end of the tour. <laughs> well, there you go. And that's so, the end of coming soon. <laughs> that's the end of the show as well. Oh. Sorry about that. All good things must come to an end. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> it's been a blast. That's it for me and the crew. Crystal. And I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> and Bo. You gravy-sucking bastard. Gravy. Bye. You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.